Hey guys, welcome to episode two. I know in the last episode, if you got to the end of the episode, I said we're going to be talking about Hoist Gracie this week, why he sucks, but I'm going to have to let you down. I oh, know I'm going to have to let you down with that because I just want to make a real special for you guys. And I think if I, if I only gave myself a week to really prepare, really do everything I want to do, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. So I'm going to push it back. TBA, TBC, don't know when, it will come, I'm very excited to do that episode, trust me, a little too excited actually, a little too eager, you know, I might get myself knocked out, (laughs) but on today's episode we're going to be talking about Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight championship at UFC 252, going to be previewing that we're going to be previewing Habib versus Justin Gaethje it's coming soon and we're just going to be looking up you know just a little bit of news I've been seeing some of my feelings um Bellator was on you know that kind of thing it's going to be a little freeform little less structured than usual but yeah I hope you guys enjoy it let's get on to the show all right all right let's get into Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight championship of the world at UFC 252. Do you guys say 252, by the way, or do you guys say 252? I like to say, I like to get the 100 out of there, man. That's just a wasted word. So, yes, UFC 252. Look, this is the rubber match between these two. This is the third fight. This is the trilogy fight. Daniel Cormier obviously won the first one by knockout. Stipe Miocic won the second one by knockout. And it's all up for... It's all on the line for this fight. The heavyweight title's on the line. Daniel Cormier is retiring after this fight. Listen, I think people are giving... Listen, I think people are undermining Daniel Cormier in this fight. I don't think they're giving him the respect he deserves. I think they think, well, Stipe's going to win because it's his last fight. You know, he might not be... Look, I think Stipe's going to have a really hard fight. He better... He, as Daniel Cormier says, he better get his wrestling shoes on. Because this is going to be a tough fight for him. Also, you got to remember, this will be in the UFC apex as well. So, there will be a smaller octagon, which only benefits wrestlers. And Daniel Cormier has said, Stipe, get your wrestling shoes on, because we're going to be doing a lot of wrestling. And I think in the second fight, when he lost to Stipe Miocic, I think that was a product of Daniel Cormier's complacency. I think he was getting... I think he was fighting it too easy in the fight. I think he... Wanted to test his striking against him. He, and listen, Stipe Miocic is a world-class heavyweight, as he's shown. You don't beat Daniel Cormier unless you're a world-class fighter. But I think Daniel Cormier lost that fight that night. I don't think Stipe won it as much as Cormier lost it. Because if you go back and watch that fight, Cormier was, in my opinion, dominating the fight. He was finding it quite easy, actually. He was taking him down at will. He slammed him in the fight, if you remember. Fireman carried, took him over his back. Daniel Cormier had him over his shoulder. You know, like a fireman. 
Like, like he was the fireman, not Stipe. Like, he was the fireman. And he dropped him. Matt Hughes style. And I think Stipe is going to have a really tough outing. Now, the betting line over here, I don't know what it's like stateside, but the betting line over here is dead even. Dead even. So obviously over here, they think this is going to be a close fight. But I'm a bit disappointed by that, by the way. I would have liked to put a bet on Daniel Cormier since it's the last fight he's fighting. But dead even, that's not good. You know, that's that's not great odds. So I don't know if I really will. But anyway, I think... And you got to remember as well, Daniel Cormier is an Olympic-level athlete. He is an Olympic caliber athlete. He has performed at the highest level for so many years. So many years. And we're not even talking about the Olympics right now. Let's go back to when he was a college kid. When he was performing in front of packed out stadiums. That's what I don't think a lot of people understand about wrestlers. Is that they will have a competitive advantage against most people in the UFC. Because they understand what it's like to fight under incredible pressure. They, they understand what it's like to fight when all your chips are down. When it really means something. They're fought on ESPN as college students. You know, college wrestling is a big deal in the United States. I'm from Australia. We don't really have that thing over here. I think if you're going to be a great wrestler over here, you, you might want to try rugby. You know. Shout out to Alexander Volkanovsky. Also an Australian wrestling champion. But wrestlers will always have that advantage. It's true. So do I think Daniel Cormier... No. Edit that out. And another thing I want to say is, you know, I have my own little vision for this uh, heavyweight picture in case Daniel Cormier does win. And look, this is how I see it going. I see it going... And look, if Daniel Cormier does win, let's not feel bad for Stipe Miocic because Stipe Miocic is a great fighter. He is a great fighter. So let's not have this thing in our head where it's like, well... You know, oh, I wish he won. Oh, that sucks. Listen, it's going to suck if Daniel Cormier retires without that belt. He is such a great representative of this sport. How can you hate that guy? If you hate Daniel Cormier, you've got you to change your attitudes. You've got to evaluate your life if you hate that guy. How can you hate that guy? So let's not feel bad if Stipe Miocic loses this fight. Because even if he loses this fight... He will get the next shot at the UFC heavyweight title. It's obviously going to happen. There's just no one in that heavyweight picture, except for Francis Ngannou, who is going to be put into that slot. Now, the way I see it is, Daniel Cormier wins this fight, retires with the belt, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title. Then after that... We're getting our, we're, we're getting our, we're booking the show over here, so saying wrestling. We're, we're writing the script. And then we're going to have John Jones come up 
and fight the winner of that fight as the light heavyweight champion. And we're going to be talking about that a little later in the show. Should John Jones be stripped of his UFC light heavyweight title? No. But that's the way I see this fight going with Daniel Cormier and Steve Pamiocic. I see Daniel Cormier out-wrestling him. I don't see him wanting to strike with him as much this time. I think he will be a lot more cautious. He'll play to his strengths a lot more. Because he, in the second fight, he was really doing a number on Stipe, especially in the grappling exchanges. It was, it actually shocked me how much Stipe was getting dominated in that regard. And he really was. And, you know, I don't like to watch that fight a lot because I don't, I don't like to see Daniel Cormier lose. It's too sad. It's too sad. He, like, cries and stuff. It's like, I don't want to see that guy cry. Come on, Daniel. But no, he is a great champion. I think Daniel Cormier is going to win this one. I think he is going to fight a much smarter fight than he did in the second fight. Don't think he's going to get complacent like he did in the second fight. And I think Daniel Cormier lost that fight more than Stipe Miocic won that fight, if you understand what I mean. Now, a lot of people were calling the second fight, the rematch, a brilliant comeback from Stipe Miocic. Yes, it was a brilliant comeback. However... Daniel Cormier put himself in that position to be uh, for the comeback to happen, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's my opinion on that fight. And also on this card, we have Sean O'Malley. That will be the co-main event of this card. And he will be fighting Marlon Chito Vera. And now this represents the biggest step up in Sugar Sean O'Malley's career so far. He hasn't been fighting the best fighters in the UFC. He's definitely had showcase fights because he is such a, a unique talent. And look, that's why he's such so popular, by the way. It's because he's not being matched up very hard, which is usually what happens in the UFC. You usually get matched up with someone, similar skill level, and not many stars are made because of that. Because it is more of an athletic competition rather than prides superhero, you know, we're going to get Quinton Rampage Jackson versus this Japanese pro wrestler, and he's going to fuck him up, and he's going to look like a stud. They don't really do that in the UFC, but they are doing it for Sugar Sean O'Malley, and I like it. But this fight, we're going to know a lot more about Sean O'Malley. Now, Marlon Vera, he had a great fight in his last fight. He fought Song Yudong. Great name, by the way. He fought Song Yudong. He lost that fight. Split decision. I don't think he lost that fight. I think if you speak to people who watched that fight, they're going to tell you that Marlon Vera won that fight. And absolutely he did. That's why he's getting this shot, by the way. Yes, because he asked for it, but also because he won that fight. The judge just got it wrong. Was it a robbery? Absolutely not. It was a split decision. So if you gave it to Song Yudong, you gave it to Song Yudong. But... He looked great in that fight. You can't say he didn't look great in that fight. So, this is going to be an interesting fight for Sean O'Malley. And if I was to predict the outcome of this fight, I would safely say that Sean O'Malley will win this fight. It is the biggest step up in his career. I don't think it's an incredible step up. I think, and I also think, 
I also think Marlon Vera's eagerness to get this fight, this excitedness he has, this, uh, oh, put me in there, I really want this guy. I think that'll work against him. Because Sean O'Malley is such a clinical striker. I mean, we saw what he did to Eddie Wineland in his last fight. Where he just showed that right uppercut, just enough. Just a little bit. And then came in with the left straight. Boom! Great knockout. One of the best knockouts of the year. Insane knockout. So, yes, I think that might work against Marlon Vera. His eagerness to fight. Um, will it be a good fight? Sure. Am I looking forward to it? Absolutely. I'm incredibly looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great fight. Okay, and on this card as well, we have Khalil Roundtree. This is in the prelims, by the way. I just want to talk about this fight because I fucking hate Khalil Roundtree's opponent. I fucking hate him. We have Khalil Roundtree versus former NFL player Greg Hardy. Now, this Greg Hardy is a piece of work. Trust me, guys. This guy is a fucking piece of work. He's terrible. He really is terrible. I can't believe so many people were backing him up after he used that inhaler in his fight. Look, this is what happened, guys. Go back and watch it if you want to watch it again. He asked the commissioner, am I allowed to use this inhaler? And the commissioner said, I don't know. Do you know what that means? That doesn't mean yes, use it. That means no. Certainly doesn't mean yes, I don't know. You know what you do when it's, I don't know, safe to assume not. Don't fucking use it. Have you, have you ever seen a fighter use an inhaler in between rounds? No, absolutely not. He has a disregard for the rules. He's shown this multiple times, especially in his UFC debut against Alan Crowder. He showed he has a disregard for the rules when he need him, a downed opponent, and it's a consequence of him being so fucking green. The guy is so green. I don't want to see green NFL players in the octagon. Okay? I know he's a name in America. He's certainly not a name in Australia. Certainly not a name in Britain. Certainly not a name in South America. He's a name in America. Look, America's the biggest market, obviously. But the dude is a bum. This Greg Hardy experiment has failed. And it doesn't matter if he wins against Khalil Rountree, who was coming up from light heavyweight. Doesn't matter. If he beats Khalil Rountree, well, he didn't beat a real heavyweight. And I really like Khalil Rountree. Great Muay Thai practitioner. People like Greg Hardy are what's wrong with this sport. Obviously, people like Dana White are really what's wrong with this sport. But people like Greg Hardy, people who have been blackballed from their sport because of domestic violence, you should not be allowed. If you have been blackballed by your sport, American football, by the National Football League, if you have been blackballed, essentially... For domestic violence. I don't think it's very right for the UFC to come in and go, yeah, 
Come, come, yeah, sure. Come on, come on in, Greg. What? What the fuck is that all about? I really hope he gets knocked out. And I'd never say that about any fighter. But Greg Hardy, I hope he gets put on his ass. He's a weak man. Weak mentally. Weak mentally. Remember that. He's a weak little man. And he's a bully. Do you know what happens to bullies? They fold. Every time. When someone wants to fight this guy. When this guy is in a scrap. A dog fight against someone who's a bigger dog than him. It's going to be problems for him. He's going to get hurt. Trust me. And I'm going to be very happy. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to be very happy. And I don't like all this. Oh, he's been training. He fought six times last year. You know, what a guy. He fought six times because he's so fucking green. He fought five bums. Alan Crowder's not a bum. Look, no one's really a bum, but you get my point, though. He fought five guys who shouldn't even be in the UFC, right? He fought five guys that should be in the UFC. Then he fought Volkov, Alexander Volkov, and lost an easy decision. Easy decision. Makes me sick that this person's in the sport. It really does. Because it makes, it just proves everyone's point about this sport. It proves people's point about combat sports that this is just a bullshit sport where we let anything slide. And it's true. And for the most part, for nearly everybody, they're correct. This is that sport. I just hate that guy. I hate Greg Hardy. I can't stand him, seriously. I hope he gets knocked the fuck out. I hope he gets in a heel hook and he damages every ligament in, the, in his whatever. Just to end that guy, seriously. Oh, God, I need to relax after that, seriously. Alright, now let's talk about Habib Namegamedov versus Justin Gaethje for the UFC Lightweight Championship. This will be in October. This is quite a while away, but not really. You know, these, it comes quickly enough, trust me. So we'll talk about it now. We'll probably talk about it a little later as well. This is going to be a hard fight for Justin Gaethje. I'm worried about Justin Gaethje in this fight. Now, what worries me about Justin Gaethje in this fight is when he says stuff like, I like to use my wrestling in reverse. Now, what that means is, that means he likes to use his wrestling ability, his collegiate wrestling ability, to not have to wrestle. So he uses his wrestling to ensure the fight stays standing. Now, when you're fighting Habib, you are going to be put on your back. It's just like that. You can't stop it. If you stop it, it's like, hey, congrats to you. But... Ugh. It's gonna happen. Like, it's happened to everyone else. Everyone else. So, I don't think Justin Gaethje will be very different in that regard. Now, Justin Gaethje's a fine fighter. He showed he's an incredible fighter after his victory against uh, Tony Ferguson the last time around. He 
surprised a lot of people in that fight. I think Tony Ferguson might have been the favorite going into that fight. But he shut him down with his boxing. He beat the crap out of Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson looked like he'd been in there with Tony Ferguson. He was bruised, battered, bloodied. But I do worry about him in this fight because I feel like, now I could be wrong, but I have the feeling that once he's on his back, he's fucked. He's not gonna... I think like every other opponent Habib's fought, he's gonna shit the bed. He's gonna be like, oh god, I'm on my back. What do I do now? It's gonna be like the Dustin Poirier thing all over again. Where Dustin Poirier told his corners in between rounds against Habib, I can't get him off me. I can't get him off me. That's how demoralizing it is to fight someone like Habib. You're telling your corner, I cannot get this guy off me. And it'll happen. He's so good. I don't think people understand how good Habib is. Like, obviously, we know how good he is, but... What makes him so special is that everyone knows what he's going to do. There's no secret to the guy's game plan. But he does it every single time, without fail. You cannot stop it. He will not be broken, as he says. And I think Justin Gaethje will have a really tough time in this fight. And all the people saying this is going to be a really exciting fight. I think I saw Joe Rogan say, oh, I'm so excited for this fight. I don't know why you're excited for this fight, Joe. From what I've just laid out just there, I think it's going to go like every one of Habib's fights. And the interesting thing about this fight as well is I think it's going to be in Abu Dhabi. I think... um, I don't know that for sure. Hasn't been announced, obviously. It's a little far away. But I feel this fight will be in Abu Dhabi. And I'm going to go on a limb here. Don't quote me on this, but I feel like this might have fans in attendance. It could, might not. Don't know. I really don't know. So anyway, on this card as well, we'll be having Robert Whittaker. This will be the co-main event, by the way. Robert Whittaker will be fighting Jared Cannonier for, I guess it's a number one title spot in the middleweight division. A number one contender's shot to fight Israel Adesanya or Paolo Costa. Presumably, Israel Adesanya, though. I think he does win that fight. I spoke about that on the last podcast, why I think he'll win that fight. But this is a good fight. Robert Whittaker, as he said after the Darren Till fight, I'm a champion with the belt and without the belt. And it's because he carries himself like a champion. He is such a great dude. Such a great fighter as well. I think there's no shame in losing to Israel Adesanya. And his other loss on his record in the UFC is against Robert as sorry, is against Stephen Thompson. Obviously, Robert Whitaker has a problem with these rangy strikers, these tall, rangy strikers. But those two are probably the best examples of tall rangy strikes in the UFC. So again, no shame in losing to those guys. Now, Jared Cannonier, if he wins this fight, and a lot of people are saying, well, he deserves this shot, he deserves this, he deserves that. Listen, this is not a meritocracy. 
nothing is given to you in this sport. You take it. If Jared Cannonier can have a great performance against Robert Whittaker, he most certainly will take it. He will be the number one contender. He doesn't have to look at his crystals. He doesn't have to sleep with a stone under his bed. He'll take it if he gets this win. And he has to win big as well. That's, that's another thing. He has to win big because this is the UFC. It's not fair. It's a bullshit organization. But hey, we still watch it. It's fine. But he will get this opportunity if he wins. Now, I'm not going to break this fight down. I don't, it's it's going to be a very close fight. I understand that. I know that. Do I think Jared Cannonier will win that? Eh, I'm not too sold on the guy. I'm not so sold on the guy. I think a lot of people are overrating him. And do I think there's any way he beats Israel Adesanya? Probably not. I don't think there's many people in the middleweight division, if anyone, that can beat Israel Adesanya. He is a monster. Paolo Costa could do the job. I don't think so, though. Oh, and by the way, how great is the promotional material Paolo Costa's coming out for this fight? I mean, it's like the most homoerotic stuff I've seen ever. It's awesome. The UFC really need to, like, make it the uh, preview before the fight. You, you guys got to see it. He, like, uh, he superimposes Adesanya's face with this woman. And, like, he's like, kissing her. And he's, uh, he's basically saying, I'm going to make you my bitch. But he does it in a very strange way. Gotta love Paolo Costa. He's a funny guy. Real funny guy. But also on this card, we have the return of the big ticket. Also, could be a mayor. Here he's running for mayor in his uh, district, his electorate. Don't know which one, but... Big Walt Harris getting into politics. Now, obviously when he fought Alistair Overeem... It was far too soon for him to be back in the octagon. Far too soon. He didn't look that great against uh, Alistair Overeem. He was bullied in that fight. He lost it very comprehensively. He was stopped. He was um, beaten on the ground as well. I mean, I think he had a. F- I think the first minute he was quite good. He was riding off that energy, but once he lost that energy, he kind of lost the will to fight. And it's kind of shocking to me that UFC still let him perform given the circumstances in his personal life, given the fact that he'd lost his daughter, stepdaughter rather. Um, yeah, just very strange. And obviously he wanted to fight, but very strange they let him fight under those circumstances. I would have just given him his win money said don't worry about fighting man i don't think you should be fighting train all you want but fighting is a very different thing and i know he was fighting for the honor and respect of his stepdaughter but in hindsight obviously looking back it was like uh kind of take that back if i could take that back i'd take it back i think that's what he'd be saying and walt harris he'll be fighting i didn't even mention who he's fighting but i just wanted to we'll set that table out He'll be fighting Alexander Volkov, a ranger kickboxer. He fought Greg Hardy last year. Just spoke about that cunt. Fuck that guy. Obviously, we also remember Volkov for getting knocked out by Derek Lewis, who's fighting this weekend. He's fighting tomorrow. That was a crazy fight, by the way. 
Volkov won that fight. If you just if we if this if that fight was if the third round only went for like four minutes and forty five seconds, Volkov wins that fight. He wins that easy decision. But no, he got caught. Derek Lewis caught him. I think this is a favorable matchup for Walt Harris. I don't think Volkov is a great wrestler. Obviously, he's a fantastic kickboxer. I think this is the UFC saying, sorry. Sorry for giving you Alistair Overeem about four months, three months after your stepdaughter passed away. Here's a little treat. Now, I'm not saying Volkov's a bum. I'm not saying he's not a great fighter, but styles make fights in this sport. And a wrestler versus a kickboxer, you know, a very big wrestler as well in Wild Harris, could spell trouble for Volkov. I would not be surprised if Wild Harris won that fight. We'll have to see how he looks. Could be good, might not be good. Who knows? Okay, this was announced today. This is Devison Figueredo will be defending his flyweight title against Cody Garbrandt. This is a great fight. Now, I saw earlier in the week, Devison Figueredo was not happy with this. He said, I want to fight contenders. And it's like, dude, there are no contenders. There are minus negative contenders in that flyweight division. Do not call Brandon Moreno a contender. Now, I love this fight. I think this fight against Cody Garbrandt makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense from a business point of view. And it makes a ton of sense for Devison Figueredo. Devison Figueredo needs a name under his belt. He got Joe Benavidez, great name. Cracker name. But now he needs another scalp. He needs another feather in the cap. He needs Cody Garbrandt. Now, Cody Garbrandt was coming off a three-fight losing streak before he snapped it against Asensio when he incredibly knocked him out. Just a beautiful knockout on the same card as the Sean O'Malley-Eddie Wineland knockout as well. So he's coming off that knockout, which was honestly a fantastic knockout. And now he wants to test himself at 125. Now, what is Cody Carbrandt going to look like at 125? Is he going to be stronger? Look, he definitely can bang. But the question is, is his chin going to hold up? At 125, because he already had a susceptible and questionable chin at 135 pounds. Now, that is the issue with this fight. Does Cody Garbrandt have a chin at 125 pounds? He may do, he might not, which is why he is the underdog in this fight, in my opinion. That's why he's the underdog in the betting lines, because we don't know what he's going to look like at 125. We don't know. Um, yeah, like I just said, is the chin going to hold up? How is he going to make weight? You know, he isn't the biggest 135 pounder, so I assume he's going to make weight. I mean, I don't think it'll be that much of a challenge. I don't think he's going to go the TJ Dillashaw route as well. Just to, uh, you know, using that EPO. EPO with the boys. But I really like this fight. This is a great fight for Figueredo. Figueredo's coming off 
two incredible victories over Joseph Benavidez, sparked him both times, quicker the second time around. And I really like this guy. Is he going to be champion for a long time? Look, if he beats Cody Garbrandt, I don't see who is going to beat him in that flyweight division. It could happen, obviously. Obviously it can happen. Anyone can be beaten, but do I see it happening? Eh, I don't know. So Cody Garbrandt will be fighting Devison Figueredo for the UFC flyweight title. And on that card as well, we have Valentina Shevchenko, the women's flyweight champion. She will be defending her belt against Jennifer Meyer, who just defeated, who just defeated Joanne Caldwood by submission last weekend. Now, obviously, Valentina Shevchenko is a monster. So I'm not holding too much hope that Jennifer Meyer is going to get the job done here. But Jennifer Meyer does pose a different threat than what Valentina Shevchenko has fought in her last few opponents. Got good boxing. Not as good as Valentina Shevchenko. And she has great jiu-jitsu. Now, she's going to have to be a little more assertive with her jiu-jitsu, a little more aggressive with the jiu-jitsu if she plans to take the fight to the floor. But... This will be an interesting fight. It'll be, I think it'll be a lot more interesting than Valentina's last few fights. But obviously, if we're going to have to pick a favorite in this one, I'm sure the betting lines are telling you that Valentina Shevchenko is a hot favorite. And she should be. She is an incredible athlete. That's really all I want to say about that fight. It's a, we'll talk about it a lot, a lot more. And that's really all I want to say about that fight. We'll talk about it a little more when uh, that card is coming up but uh yeah okay this is a good story coming out of today light heavyweight Corey anderson requested his release from the ufc it was granted and now he'll be fighting at bellator why i like this story is is that obviously Corey anderson by doing this knows his worth he knows that the light heavyweight picture after losing to jan blackowicz is it's not in his hands, it's not in his grasp anymore. And what people have to understand as well is, for a fighter, what means more than the belt? What means more than legacy? Is providing for your family. Maximizing the profit you will receive in this bullshit, very short career. Is maximizing the profits you will receive during your very short career. That means more than legacy. That means more than titles. That means more than anything. Because when you're six feet deep in the ground, you won't give a shit whether you won that belt, whether you are the greatest fighter of all time. You need to look out for what's yours. And that is getting a big fat paycheck. Now I'm assuming... He's getting a big fat paycheck at Bellator and he will be treated as a bigger star in Bellator. It's obvious that the UFC didn't rate him as a star. They tried to use him as a stepping stone for Johnny Walker. Obviously failed, if you remember that. Johnny Walker got blitzed by Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson was 
kind of outrageous after the fight, and he had good reason to, as I've just uh, told you. He was used as a stepping stone. So, I really like this story. I think Corey Anderson is going to have a good home in Bellator. I like that he's moving to Bellator. And Bellator needs a lot more of these guys. A lot of these guys who are still very good fighters, but they're not, you know, Roy Nelson. You know, we're not getting... um, washed up fighters Corey Anderson is by no means a washed up fighter he is just a fighter who understands his worth and he understands that UFC obviously are not going to give him a contract he wasn't a free agent but UFC are not going to give him a contract that reflects his worth in his eyes and a lot of fighters should be doing this shopping around you're an independent contractor guys you got to remember that it's a really fucked up business you should be an employee but it's not a unionized sport. So you're not an employee. You're an independent contractor. So shop around. Look around. Do what Corey Anderson did. Now, he probably said to the UFC, Bellator offering me this. Can you match it? UFC probably said absolutely not. I'm just assuming here. But I would assume this is how it happened. And he's very intelligent for doing so. Good on you, Corey Anderson. I hope you have a great time in Bellator. I'll be watching your fights. Enjoy that, my friend. Good job. Alright, did anyone watch Bellator 243? I just want to talk about one thing. It just occurred today. I just want to talk about one thing from the card. I just want to talk about the AJ Azagam fight with Chris Lencioni. Did I say that right? Yes, Lencioni. Now, Lencioni won this fight, a uh, decision, unanimous decision. But what I want to talk about is after the fight. Did you see Mike Beltran after the fight, the referee, making AJ shake the guy's hand? Uh, what? If <laughs> Look, AJ might be one of these uh, MMA villains. He might have typecast himself into that role. But if you don't want to shake someone's hand after a fight, you are fine not to do so. You don't have to shake hands. And Mike Beltran, walking him around the ring like a child, holding his hand and making him shake hands with his opponent. That's wrong. What the fuck are you doing, man? He's an, he's an adult. He's not a child. If he, if he doesn't want to shake the guy's hand and he obviously dislikes the guy, why, why shake the guy's hand? You know, sometimes I feel like the referee, definitely Mike Beltran, I feel like the referee tries to be a star of the show as well. And this guy with his big fucking weird beard, his little mus- mustache, beard, stupid braided thing. I don't even know what the fuck you call it. I don't know. You, you, just Google Mike Beltran and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you'll realize that, oh, this guy is a bit of a cockhead. He likes to be a bit of a... <laughs> likes to be the star of the show himself. Don't do that. Okay. Mike Beltran, if you're watching this, do not force fighters to shake hands. What the fuck's up with that? Obviously, it was bad blood. You know, are you fucking not perceptive or something? Do you not see that these guys hate each other? Why are you making them do that? Ugh. That's really all I want to talk about, about Bellator. Michael Chandler won in the main event against Benson Henderson. Matt Mitrioni, Meathead. Got destroyed. Matt Mitrione is a weird fighter, man. 
He's got some really weird fights. But yeah, that's really it, to be honest. Miles Jury won a decision, a split decision. Yeah. It's a Bellator card. <laughs> but no, these cards will get better, I'm sure. Ryan Bader's up next. God, I'm excited for that. Shout out to Ryan Bader. I want the easiest fight in the division. Give me Ryan Bader. Alright, but that was all for Bellator. Alright, next story. Let's talk about Ray Borg's release from the UFC. Now, Ray Borg has had a very... I'm not going to say it's a good career. It's quite a bad career, actually. He's had a um, pretty... At least he's had a career. Let's just say that. At least he's had a career. Obviously, he used to be a UFC flyweight fighter. He missed weight a lot of times. Um, You could argue it's due to personal circumstances. And listen, if you're having trouble making weight, and if you're rescheduling and cancelling so many fights due to your personal circumstances, then it's time to stop fighting. It's time to get a 9-to-5 job. He's been cut from the UFC. Bound to happen. He pulled out of a UFC... He pulled out of a UFC ESPN card and UFC said, that's it, we're having enough. He moved up to Bantamweight to alleviate those concerns that people had. But obviously something is not right. Do I have sympathy for Ray Borg? Not really. Not really. I understand his personal circumstances. His son is sick. Not good. Not good at all. Don't know the guy. I don't, I'm not going to comment on it like I know the guy. But as a fighter, you know, we're just going to be looking at him as a fighter. Very disappointing fighter. He, yeah, has weight cutting issues. And listen, when you fail to make weight, you're not only disappointing yourself and letting yourself down, you're letting your opponent down. You're letting the company down. And I'm not trying to be a UFC shill here, but this is the same across boxing as well you're going to be letting your promoter down you're going to be letting the fans down who want to see this fight i have no sympathy for people who don't make weight you must make weight you have an obligation and responsibility to make weight you have an obligation to your opponent to make weight and obviously something isn't right with ray borg something maybe there's a mental issue with uh, Ray Borg, not to say that he's mental or anything, but there might be a little gap that he's having to struggle with at the moment, and he, um, you know, maybe he should take some time off fighting, get a 9-to-5 job or something like that, maybe, I don't know what you can do, it is a tough time, maybe you got a severance package, (laughs) doubt it, he's an independent contractor, yes, that is Ray Borg, cut from the UFC, no more Ray Borg, Obviously, he was the victim of Demetrius Johnson's flying armbar. That's what he's most famous for. And, yeah. Bye, Ray Borg. Nice knowing you in the UFC. Hopefully, you got a Bellator. Maybe one. That's an interesting place for him. Obviously, he might not want to do that because of his family. But one might be a good spot for you since you're a lower class uh, lower <laughs> lower class since you're a lower weight class fighter a bantam weight you might have fun over there so yeah, ex- explore your options and yeah ray borg everyone gone from the ufc all right let's talk about the next story 
Should John Jones be stripped of his UFC light heavyweight championship? He hasn't fought for a long time. He is apparently trying to renegotiate a new contract. He has said he's retired, but obviously that's a negotiation ploy. Should Dana White punish him? Should Dana White say, no, stuff you. We're going to give Dominic Reyes the championship or Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blackowish. Is that going to happen? Now, obviously, this should not happen. Guys, John Jones has been the champion. He never lost it in the ring, guys. Remember that. He's never lost his title in the ring. Yes, we have the performance-enhancing drugs things. Yes, we have the cocaine hit-and-run thing. Yes, we have all these things. But he never lost his belt in the ring. So if Dominic Reyes was to become the UFC light heavyweight champion, if Jan Blakowicz was to become the UFC light heavyweight champion, it would be a bit of a joke. Because he has done so much for this sport. He is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. So if he wants to step up to heavyweight, we do it as John Jones being the light heavyweight champion. If he wants to test the waters at heavyweight, he needs to do it as the light heavyweight champion. Don't strip him if you're going to make a fight with him and Francis Ngannou, if this is the plan. Even if he fights for the heavyweight championship, he should be going into that fight as the light heavyweight champion. I don't understand why people want him to be stripped. Sure, he doesn't want to defend his belt, but people in the UFC fight for peanuts. This guy is one of the greatest athletes the UFC has ever seen. And he's sick of being paid peanuts. What's wrong with that? Why do people have such a, a cry for that? Why, why are people so upset about that? Get real. Get real, guys. Seriously. But yeah, that's just my little thoughts on John Jones. Should he be stripped? Absolutely not. If he wants to go up to heavyweight, he's going to go up to heavyweight as the UFC light heavyweight champion. Because that's how we do things. That's how you make fights. That's how you make money. That's how you sell fights, you know. Obviously, Dana White knows what he's doing. He won't do it. If he does, I'll be very surprised. And he won't do it for any other reason than to punish John Jones. He won't do it for... It won't make any sense any other way unless he is to punish John Jones. But... Why would you punish John Jones? He's fought everyone you've put in front of him. Do you think he wanted to fight Anthony Smith? Do you think he wanted to fight Anthony Smith? Do you think he wanted to fight Tiago Santos? Do you think he wanted to fight Dominic Reyes? Who are these guys? No, he wants big fights. He wants fights that are going to sell pay-per-views. Those three fights I just mentioned were the equivalent of him giving the UFC a solid so, the UFC should do him a solid back, let him retain his championship while he's moving up to heavyweight, give him that credence. We don't really need any credence. He's John Bones Jones. But the UFC should do him that solid. And that's about it. That's about all my thoughts on John Jones. Incredible fighter. One of the best fighters of all time. Definitely shouldn't be stripped. Alright, we've made it to the end of the show. That's really all the stories this week. Soon we're going to be talking about the Lewis and Olenek card. 
happened today, but I did not watch it. Too busy editing this. Too busy working on this. So I will watch that tonight. We'll have a few brewskis. Watch some heavyweight swing and bang. But yeah, that's today's show. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you when I put out a new episode. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.